Hi everyone, Sean Paul Ellis here from the Saturday Morning Cartoons Podcast. Remember, that's morning with you. For the month of August, we're going to be getting into some 80s cartoons that are based on toy lines. Kicking that off today, we have The Adventures of Teddy Ruxpin. And then again, in two weeks, we're going to have our second episode, which is going to be for Pound Puppies. I think our friend on Twitter, Slim Pickens, is excited about our Pound Puppy episode, so please get ready, friend. We have a couple quick shout outs. We have some announcements about uh, an upcoming giveaway that we are going to have, as well as also what are you guys getting into today on the actual episode. So for our shout outs, I want to give a quick shout out to Zoe on Facebook for her Swiftwind comment. We asked the question, uh, she asked the question and gave us an answer of what Swiftwind's baby would be named, and she thinks that it would be named Breaking, as in Swiftwind is the parent breaking breaking wind. You know what? You get the joke. I'm not going to spoon feed you on this one. So thank you, Zoe. Next, we have uh, Armin from YouTube. He had a comment that said, She-Ra is to He-Man what Miss Pac-Man is to the original Pac-Man. Both He-Man and Pac-Man came first, but She-Ra and Miss Pac-Man took it to a new level built upon the originals. Couldn't agree with you more. And then we also have our friend from YouTube again, Ariel Gold. He comments after listening to our last man episode and said, nobody is talking about this. And I just finished the series this morning. Oh my God, what a good story. Could not agree with you more about how fantastic the cartoon show Last Man is. Guys, if you don't have a Verve account, it's worth getting a Verve account just to watch Last Man. It's that incredible, everyone. So thank you guys for all of your comments on social media. If you want a shout out, just let us know. Drop us a line. We are posting all the time. You can comment on there. We are happy to give you a shout out. Uh, and Thank you guys for engaging and carrying and continuing the conversation with us. Giveaway news. We are doing another giveaway and we are gonna start this on August 13th. We've had some awesome contributions from some friends and the theme is going to be our last month's show for He-Man and She-Ra. So get ready to start entering Monday, August 13th and we'll have this all over our social media. For this, we do have a caveat that you'd need to be 18 plus to be able to enter, and we can only ship within the United States. And we are really sorry about that. So if you are outraged by this, truly outraged, and you happen to also own a shipping company, then let's be friends because we want to make this less cost prohibitive. So please drop us a message. Seriously, please do that because we, we love our overseas fans, and it sucks to only be able to ship within the United States because it is cost prohibitive. What are we in store for today for this episode? about the adventures of Teddy Rockspin. Well, I have my romantic fantasies about airships dashed into the rocks multiple times. Tony Lazzaroni confuses the characters from Teddy Rockspin with the characters from the Hundred Acre Woods. And Charlie Visconage wants you to know that you should at him on social media, but only for very special things. All of that and more on today's episode. So without further ado, on with the show. Hello and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the weekly podcast that revisits, reviews, and ridicules some of the world's weirdest animated series, coming to you all the way from the land of Grundo by way of the island of Rilonia. I'll be your host, Sean Paul Ellis. Joining me tonight is our resident grumbling octopede filmmaker and podcaster, Tony Lazzaroni. Womp womp. 
<laughs> oh no! How's Already, Tony. Already. Oh <laughs> uh, wait, hold on, guys. What's that? Crashing into the studio in his derelict airship. We have artist and podcaster Charlie Viscanage. Hey guys, great to be here. We're just both going to do this voice for the entire podcast, Sean. I hope you're prepared for this. <laughs> we sound pretty similar, but we're actually different characters. You are 100% the same character, and it is frustrating. Together we have eight legs. <laughs> oh. <laughs> or my hands are legs, too. Uh, you really got to come. Is that... I, I want to ask, is that going to be the hill that Grubby is going to die on? As he's like, he's constantly defending the fact that he's got hands or legs. It seems to be whenever it's convenient for him to just switch it up. I think you're right. It's just like a weird, obviously it's written for laughs or played for laughs, but I don't think children understand that necessarily. Or yeah. even kids would be like, that's not funny. It's just unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's, it's challenging. If, you are just tuning in and you have not looked at the title of this episode. Gang, we are getting into Teddy Ruxpin this week. The adventures of Teddy Ruxpin. And, and so oh, I, I want to start. Adventures they are. <laughs> the adventures indeed, Tony. So Teddy Ruxpin obviously has a very storied history in terms of the 80s for the toy itself. And then we also want to mention that there was a, a live action sort of costume uh, and and uh, theatrical show that they did. And then there's also the adventures of Teddy Ruxpin, which we're talking about tonight. So we want to make clear differentiations about all of the different Teddy Ruxpin components. The Ruxpin-verse, so if you will. Yeah, <laughs> do not say that. Oh, God. <laughs> Marvel, don't. Please. <laughs> don't. He's going to show up in like a Benicio del Toro collector in the background, and you're going to be like, is that... Is that that bear with the cassette tape in it? <laughs> well, or it'll be like Universal. Like, we tried the Dark Universe, and that didn't go so hot. So how now about we're the going for the, the, the Grundoverse. <laughs> the Grundoverse. <laughs> that nobody asked for. Please don't do that. Yeah, no. Oh, man. You're going to get a lot of tweets that are like, I would like that. <laughs> I mean, maybe. I mean, I think that there are, it seems that there are genuinely positive feelings about Teddy Rockspin. Shockingly. And I, I, I don't want to dismay or, or discredit any of those feelings. That's fantastic. But to start tonight's conversation, I kind of want to throw this out you know, to, to, to us on the show. What was your relationship with Teddy Rockspin? Did you, did you have that nostalgic anchor? Was that something that was in your life when you were a kid? Oh, hell no. No. <laughs> uh, for, for, for me, the, the guy across the street from me when I was when I was uh, a little kid, when I lived in Minnesota, my best friend at the time, Mark, he had one uh, and you could put the, the tape in and it would read the story and the mouth just moved for it. Didn't really match what was being said, just kind of moved like while it was talking and it was pretty terrible. Like it, <laughs> like we, you would listen to one one story. The best part was when you had to flip the tape over midway through. <laughs> to flip it around to get to the b-side to finish the rest of the story <laughs> but uh yeah it was it was horrifying and just, like you could barely understand the little speaker because it was like coming out the butt side of the thing so it was like <laughs> sitting on top of the speaker uh and it just they don't age well i don't know if you've seen one in the past uh few years that like one of the original ones because the fur just starts to like mat down and sort of turn gray <laughs> oh no. they, they they look demonic now <laughs> Uh, no, I, I didn't have a have a, a firm attachment to it, but I was definitely aware because you couldn't get away from those commercials for it. 
They oh, were absolutely. all over fucking everything when we were kids. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, uh, it was one of those things where I was like, I think I might want one of these. And then my friend got one. I'm like, I don't want one of these. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's very rare to, to make that declaration of like, I want a toy. And then you find somebody who has that toy and you're like, I do not want that toy. <laughs> <laughs> that is a toy I will not circle on my Christmas list uh, for Toys yeah. R Us. Rest in peace, toys. Unneeded. Rest Unneeded in toys. toy. <laughs> and I, as a kid, I, I find it crazy to think that at any point in time I would have ever made that suggestion of, you know what, there's a toy that I really don't need. Because I, I think as a kid, there's, the, there's that sense of, of going to a toy store and walking down all those aisles and thinking to yourself, like, oh, man, like, I want everything in here. Like, these would all be fun yeah. things. Well, especially thinking about, like, again, another Rest in Toys moment, the Nickelodeon Super Toy Run really uh, lights oh, yeah. up your dendrites to be like, I mean, bro, what if I just went in there with a cart and I was like, ba 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 uh, I mean, for me, it was amazing. always, like, going to the video game area and getting, like, Sega Genesis and Nintendo would have been my dream. Well, but. I mean, in... in in your scenario, it's always going into that section and then pulling out the little like printed out tab card that they have mm-hmm. and then walking to the front and be like, be like, I would like the thing that I now have a piece of paper for. <laughs> yeah. I just love the kids that, that were like slow and choosy on the on that show that would like go and take a look at it and be like, I want this one and this one. It was mostly the girls that went through it. They, they would just go pick like, I want that doll. And it's like, no, you just take the whole fucking row of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You just Those stick that arm out and run down the aisle. <laughs> I, I now have a strange desire to go and watch a lot of Super Toy Run on <laughs> YouTube. I, I guess because in my brain, I was like, was there ever a kid that was like, I want this bicycle, but then struggled to get it into the cart? <laughs> And like lost He's time. Like, no. Whoa, whoa. Uh, the scooter like, won't get in. Jimmy, there. you're burning time, bro. <laughs> Keep moving. Oh. Charlie, what was your experience with Teddy Roxman? So, you know, I hadn't thought about it for a long time. And then we were doing this episode. And I was like, do I know what that is? And so <laughs> I had never seen the show, either either one. But then I also watched a commercial uh, for the toy leading up to this. And then I was like, oh, I've definitely seen this commercial because. I think I might have been a little bit too young for it. I'm an 86 baby. Um, but I do remember the commercial viscerally because I watched it again. And I was like, oh, man, I remember that being a product that was in my mind at some point. Right. Um, but now I don't really have any kind of relationship with it. And I think that that's certainly if you don't have that nostalgia lens watching the episodes that we watched today. And I don't mean to say that in a tone of voice like there are other episodes that I think would be good. But... <laughs> From the episodes that we watched today, don't want to imply just that. Like, Man, don't want to imply that at all. This is uh, not great. <laughs> so I, I, I had friends similar to to you, Tony, that had a Teddy Ruxpin, and what was always amazing to me was the fact that it had that cassette tape, and we were in the '80s when cassette tapes and like cassette singles, mm-hmm. if you remember, like you oh, go yeah. to a Sam Goody. And they were just like, you can get three singles for $10. And you're like, yes, I'm going to get everything that's in here that I, I ever listened to on the radio and made a cheap, poor recording of off of some uh, top nine at nine that was playing on a, a, a radio station that was in my area that was in or probably in around central Pennsylvania in the Harrisburg area. And so, you know, to have that like really crisp, clear on a cassette, I say that jokingly with air quotes, <laughs> you know, you know, recording of something that, that was a big deal for me. Like I, mm-hmm. I was really excited when I had access to cassette tapes 
And so the thing that was always interesting for me was that when you'd see somebody who gets a Teddy Ruxpin and a friend of mine had one, but you could put any cassette tape in Teddy Ruxpin and his mouth would try to move along. So you could put like Metallica like, yeah. <laughs> in Teddy Ruxpin and like he'd, he'd attempt Enter Sandman. Ooh. And that was kind of fun. I want to go down so, that YouTube hole. See, see yeah, if find yeah. some, of the, some of the fucked up things that people have had Teddy Ruxpin say. <laughs> I, I I I wonder for kids these days, because evidently there was a Teddy Ruxpin that they tried to release of an, or a couple years ago, or there was one that they were they released showing promo pics for, and it was like a new, updated, modern Teddy Ruxpin. And in my brain, I was like, what is it? Is it just like a, a solid state drive that's inside or of like a Or like SD cards? Yeah, like, you know, that you would plug in uh, to the bear, and then, you know, you'd have to... I don't know, download an app and like interact with it. I felt everything that was interesting about the Teddy Ruxpin toy came because it was something that was so tactile because you yeah. had to like, you had to like remove part of his body and put in a cassette tape and yeah. then like repair his chest. And he's like the Robocop of bears. <laughs> and then you had to. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, they were also working on a Paul Verhoeven reboot of Teddy Ruxpin too. <laughs> All just a very uh, slick social satire. <laughs> well, you mean uh, Neil Bloomkamp now? Is oh the, yeah, is he the would one be doing leading the, that. He's doing a uh, a RoboCop reboot. So if we could just message him and just be like, you know, you should just add a bear, right? Yeah, or do that for one of the Oats Studios short films. Yeah, exactly. That'd be crazy. I'd be into that. I'd be into that too. That could actually get me to to go onto Steam again and buy <laughs> buy access to that. It sounds like we are coming into this evening talking about the adventures of Teddy Ruxpin with let's say this and let's be blunt about it. We don't necessarily have that nostalgic anchor. We're not going to be as, as Charlie had mentioned, we're not going to be watching this or kind of reviewing this with that nostalgic lens. And so if you have that nostalgic lens, if that's something that, you know, you remember Teddy Ruxpin with, this was a big part of your childhood and, and, and growing up, let us know because we are going to be reviewing the cartoon without necessarily that lens or that filter uh there are going to be some things that we missed and so if you disagree with us please let us know we would love to be able to talk about that and give you a shout out in an upcoming episode but don't at me bro (laughs) (laughs) i'm just trying to sling my paintings i don't need to hear from you if you love teddy (laughs) oh so as a baseline let's talk a little bit about teddy ruxpin and the teddy ruxpin history so Teddy Ruxpin and the Adventures of Teddy Ruxpin is an American-Canadian animated television series based on Teddy Ruxpin, an animatronic teddy bear created by Ken Forsey and distributed by toy manufacturer Worlds of Wonder. It was produced for television syndication by, hey, guess what? Our buddies at Deke. Deke. And Deke. With Atkinson Film Arts using many of the same voice actors used in the book and tape series that was made for the epitomous animatronic toy. While some of the stories used in the TV series were adapted from the books, many were original and greatly expanded upon the world established there. The series differed from the traditional children's animation in that most of its 65 episodes were serialized rather than in a traditional episodic form. The show ran from September 15th of 1986 to October 23rd of 1987. In the United States, the series was originally syndicated by LBS Communications. Today, all of the international distribution rights to the series are held by Don 
Tafner's DLT Entertainment. Wow, Don Tafner sounds like a really interesting guy that you would just want yeah, to Yeah, did you try in. to get him on the show? Uh, I, I messaged him, and he was uh, too busy because guess what? He's also the guy who owns the rights to Three's company. So he's just sitting on a gold <laughs> mine just... from Nick and Knight reruns. <laughs> He'd be like, hey, Sean, I got an idea for you. Fuck off. <laughs> That's actually what his email Tafner said. Tafner out. <laughs> Tafner out. <laughs> His email is Hey Sean, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, he creates At a DLT separate entertainment. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you know what? I got a thing for IT. I just make a lot of separate email you addresses. Know, it's, it's it's weird, Tony, that you mentioned that because I own that same email address just for Gmail. <laughs> got to get it while you can. Hey Sean, fuck off. <laughs> I don't. If you message somebody on that, I don't know who that's going to go to. It's not me, gang. So, if you were interested, though, in learning a little bit more about the synopsis of this uh, book and tape further expanded upon universe. Charlie's going to break it down and give you some additional context. All right. So the adventures of Teddy Ruxpin follows the young Teddy Ruxpin as he leaves his home on the island of Rolonia with his best friend Grubby to follow an ancient map which leads him to a collection of crystals on the mainland of Grundo. With the help of his new friend, Dr. Newton Gimmick, Teddy and Grubby discover the magical powers of what turns out to be an ancestral treasure as well as an organization with ambitions to use it for evil known as MAVO, short for Monsters and Villains Organization. Very creative. Along the way, <laughs> Teddy learns the long-lost history of his species and clues to the location of his missing father. Whoa, it gets dark. So I just started playing the Uncharted collection. I think that they ripped <laughs> off a lot of this for the storyline. <laughs> Having been somebody who's played a majority of the Uncharted uh, series, yeah, I can pretty much say that. That's very similar. Very accurate. (laughs) Grundo is Sully. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) Uncharted fans do at me. Holla at your boy. Because I'm trying to figure out how this Yeah, some of these puzzles are challenging. Um, (laughs) Wow. Uh, Yeah, so this is is interesting. And again, you know, it's, it's crazy that, you know, this series has spawned. It was created from an animatronic bear toy. Who played yeah. a cassette tape, which to me is is quintessential '80s. That that to me just feels perfect. You it's know? that it's uh, it's Space Mountain, it's uh, Chuck E. Cheese, yes. it's all yeah. those. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking of the Chuck E. Cheese band. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> we'll, we'll 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 dig into that a little bit more because I've got I definitely have some notes about that. <laughs> you have you have words. You have thoughts. <laughs> I, I got I got words on that. So it, you know, and it's crazy that it created then. And, and spawned this this sort of live action uh, like uh, a puppet show that they had. I, I think it was li- actors in actual like puppet suits that were were doing this. So you know we had actors in suits creating the show, and then this also was enough for them to be like, hey, guess what? We have to expand on the world of Grundo, and we need to create this Adventures of Teddy Rockspin. And so here we are tonight, and the way that we always enter into every cartoon is through the theme song, and so. I cannot wait to dig into this, Tony. Tony, uh, we're gonna go around the horn. Tony, what are your what are your thoughts overall on this one? I mean, you can you can you can dig down as macro or as micro as you want to because there's a lot to unpack. This this show was just the slowest moving thing I've I've watched in a while, and I will admit I just came off of seeing uh, the movie Eighth Grade. I, I don't know if you've seen the the Bo Burnham, uh, the Bo Burnham. film, yeah, uh, about a little girl. It, that is a slow moving film, but it's slow on purpose. 
this movie or this this show was just slow because I think they were trying to stretch a like ten minute story to fill twenty minutes for the pilot. <laughs> <laughs> so they decided to throw it like a physics lesson right in the middle of it just to oh stretch this fucker out. Uh, yeah. Uh, I yeah yeah I I have issue with a lot of the uh, direction of the show, but you're telling me uh, you said you said before that the the reviews for this have been generally pretty positive, right? If you go on IMDb.com and check out the Adventures of Teddy Ruxpin, I think there's like eight or nine reviews that are on there, and everybody is positive about <sighs> what's going on, which made Bobby Anthem's job later on down in this episode down the line it made it very challenging to. To, to find and pick and choose some things that uh, that would be best suited for him. I to, look to forward review. to hearing all of these. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I didn't have any kind of major emotional emotional attachment to this or or desire for this to be a good show. I came at it completely standalone, uh, and I was horribly disappointed. <laughs> so, but for, for the sake of the conversation tonight, Tony, yes. regarding the theme song, yes. what were your feelings and impressions about the theme song? The theme song for this one it was really just bland. Like it's very long. Uh, it's it's about just shy of a minute long uh, running theme <laughs> song that that sort of just it meanders and doesn't really like. It's really just a reason for them to be able to show a montage of kind of you know interesting images from the show, which are about the only interesting images that exist in the damn show. Right. Um, but yeah, it it didn't do anything for me. The the lyrics were you know vapid and useless and uh and yeah just i i it felt like something they tossed together especially when you put put it in comparison to some of the other stuff the uh you know tailspin and, and rescue rangers and stuff like that were that were out in the same era like it's just yeah it wasn't up there it, it, it's it's interesting because i think to your point though it, you are very correct tony in saying that it is a hybrid uh well actually i'm sorry it's not a hybrid it's just it's a it's a mashup yeah. as we've seen before uh, of sort of all the different animations. So there's new or there is no dedicated animation for this theme song. They're just recycling stuff that they have from episodes and kind of splicing it into right. to make sort of a uh, a curious visual for uh for a theme song that is is as you've said uh kind of I don't know, lackluster. Yeah. That's what might be the word. Yeah, just it didn't didn't do anything for me. I I was I, I watched it for the first episode and then fast forwarded through it the second episode. Okay. So it may have been slightly different, but I have to believe probably not. Oh no, they were they were not different. I, I watched both of them a couple. <laughs> I, I watched both the them a couple times. Of my life. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I watched uh, I watched a couple. I watched the two episodes that we watched for this evening, and then uh, I I watched the theme song a couple times, uh, multiple times, just to make sure that I could I could pull everything in. So uh, <laughs> they didn't they didn't change. They were the same. So. Okay. You didn't miss anything. How about you, Charlie? What did you think? Um, so, interestingly enough, you know, so the main hook is the come dream with me tonight. So, I, I dream with me tonight. Sean, I feel like you're about to say something positive about this, and I don't want that to happen. Um, <laughs> but interestingly enough, so a couple of years ago, I can't remember the title of the podcast, but it struck me. I was listening to this songwriting podcast and the host was alleging that the use of tonight as a bridge or like as a thing in songwriting is super lazy because it kind of like gives the promise of something later, you know, oh, it's like nighttime. It's kind of fun. And it's a perfect like two syllable word to throw in there. 
So I would assume the songwriters of this were just like, Jesus, I don't know, man, we're on deadline. We need something. What are you saying? That Smashing Pumpkins song tonight, tonight was fucking lazy because that was a masterpiece. <laughs> take that, take I, that back. I, I think the instrumentation Agreed. is very nice in that. <laughs> and also like, I'm not a musician. I don't care. But I think I can <laughs> I can certainly tailor that argument for further hating on Teddy Roxman. And it does strike me as a very lazy theme song that, it's just like, let's pull out the most exciting bits, as you said, Tony, of this otherwise slow-moving train wreck. It, it, it's interesting because there's a little bit of synth music that they have, and then there's like a small amount of drums that kick in musically. Yeah. We, we've talked about the visuals, so just let's... I want to focus and I want to kind of hunker down on the actual music, as well as also the vocals. So they, they sort of have this, this singing, and it, it, it's that... That idea of like somebody will say a line and then you will have that line repeated multiple times uh, by different singers. Mm-hmm. So it's not like an in the round kind of a setting. It's just everybody kind of echoing exactly whatever that last line is. Yeah. And there are moments, and I, I have to say this because I, I believe that this was done. This was originally uh, penned by Ken Forsey, um, and I, and the music is set uh, by somebody named George Wilkins. And again, it's one of those things where I'm not a musician and I, I don't want to harshly criticize somebody for the work that they did for this. But let's be honest. It's the voice actor who is Teddy Ruxpin singing this. And the song is, as I've mentioned before, lackluster. Yeah. And the challenge that they have with the song is that at one point, there's sort of like this, this swell. There's sort of like this rousing moment where you can hear that there's like an octave change and you can hear Teddy just go, fly so high and you're like don't change octaves teddy don't you do you you barely have the range for what you're doing right now and in fact step back from that ledge my friend the guy in the booth is just like yeah man it's fine you were good can i get the fuck out of here did you just do a third eye blind joke on this as well i did (laughs) nice i did jumper (laughs) reference right there but it's it's this moment where like he goes up this octave and it, it is so out of key at this point that I, I can, here's the challenge. I can get on board with the visuals. I can get on board with the music. I actually don't think the music is terrible. I think it's very whimsical, very mm-hmm. childlike. It's very engaging, accessible. It's not something that's going to like stick in the back of your mind forever, but it's, it works for this cartoon mm-hmm. that's about imagination and, and treasure hunting and a, and a bear and a, and a bitching octopede who's just going to complain for the entire fucking time. Like, and, and, a, and an inventor, character who, choice. And an inventor who doesn't complain? really fucking invent everything. You're just like, yeah, you know what? All, all of this shit kind of works into it. But I want to say this, just nail the, nail the vocals. They could have mm. gotten a singer and not the voice actor who did Teddy Ruxpin just to nail the vocal on this. But there are moments where he's like, fly so high. And you're like, oh, God, you are singing in the key of Teddy Ruxpin right now. And it's not a good key guys. Like it's bad. <laughs> like I think, and I'm fairly certain what probably happened was they hired the guy to, to do like to read the, on the tapes. Uh, and then it was two years later that they actually put together this, this series. Uh, and so at that point in time, they were probably just like, well, we'll just carry the same guy over. Hey, why don't we have you sing multiple times over the course of this <laughs> series? Oh, and he's man. like, I'm not a singer. And so there's a lot of talk singing it's in like, this, but I am, in need of money. So. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to pay me. I guess the cha- I guess the challenge <laughs> of the thing that I don't remember is I I don't remember Teddy Ruxpin the toy 
ever singing a song. I remember it being very narrative and story-based in terms yeah. of what he was relaying to kids. I don't remember Teddy Ruxman being like, hey, kids, put that microphone up to my mouth. I got hot jams coming out. <laughs> You're like, ooh, please don't, Teddy. Please. Maybe this was like a decision by committee to sell the toy because they're like, listen, he's got to sing. <laughs> and it was still appropriate to smoke in the office in the mid-'80s. So I mean, it's still doing appropriate that. to smoke in the office. <laughs> yeah, not, buddy. It's not appropriate. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I guess I, there's a part of me that kind of thinks like, what was the thought process behind you have all these talented voice actors and mm. potentially singers that are at your disposal because you have a very successful toy and your train of thought is, you know what? Let's have the guy who's not a singer sing this theme song. Yeah. And it, it, it's Lowest cost solution. <laughs> I mean, Maybe it was. Maybe it was the path, or path of, of least resistance for them to just get in there and, and, and make that transition and that handoff from a theme song immediately into Teddy Ruxpin being like, hey, we're on an adventure right now. And you're like, yeah, okay, great. Like, are you going to sing out a key? And then 10 minutes later, he's like, I feel a song coming on. And you're like, please don't, no. Teddy, please don't. But then I would also expect them to uh, to back off and not use him for his own like highlighted song later in the pilot episode. I know. That he gets know, a separate song that doesn't get to hide behind great instrumentation. <laughs> 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 like, oh, it was... Uh, yes don't have that guy sing he doesn't need to be singing <laughs> it's challenging and i think the only maybe redeeming thing about the entire theme song that to me as a kid was interesting was the idea of an airship and i i think that airships have kind of always been in my brain from playing final fantasy video games and it's sort of been something where i i've romanticized and i love the idea of such and so in the theme song when they're just like you know, let's fly away on an airship. And I'm like, oh, that seems so bitchin'. And then once we were exposed to the actual airship, I was like, oh, that's a fucking death trap. Like, <laughs> so it kind of ruined the notion, this like romantic idea on the, the airship. They have that same stupid problem that every like blimp or, or uh, like air balloon or anything like that in cartoons has, which is that it looks like a fucking patchwork. Like they have, they have this gorgeous ship underneath. They have these really <laughs> elegantly designed, like fold down wheels that have like seven forty seven style double up wheels down at the bottom, so it can hold the weight. <laughs> and then, and then they just have like ropes lashed around like a shitty balloon that's been patched up with uh, with different colored like paper and and whatever else they could patch it on those things. Like it, it just it would have been terrible. worth them just waiting to go on the adventure to save up for a better airship. I think. <laughs> Or just make it at least uniformly colored. Like, I, right, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'll be honest with you. If the entire pilot episode had just been them learning how to quilt and then quilting <laughs> for 20 minutes, I would have been like, yeah, you know what? This is probably a good use of your yeah, time. It been this has redeeming off. value. Okay. I would learn something from it. Yeah, there would have been a, <laughs> there would have been an actual like tangible thing that kind of came out as a result as opposed to, let's just crash this thing as many fucking times as we can. <laughs> yikes. All right. Speaking of yikes, I want to get into this animation style. <laughs> Tony, what were your thoughts about the animation in The Adventures of Teddy Ruxpin? So the animation style was not terrible. It was about on par for the day. Uh, I, I think you could put it next to, I mean, we, we watched Gummy Bears uh, uh, not too long ago, and that's, it, it felt very much like it existed in that same world. Um, the, the character design was a little wonky. I felt like they didn't really know how to make this world uh, consistent across the board. Uh, it just yeah. felt like kind of they, they just patchworked different things. Like they had these little gremlin type characters that had uh, no arms and just two legs and like a little horn on the top of their head. Like 
it, it just felt like they really took what was left at the back of the artist's like doodle book and just said, oh, those last three pages of the crap that you couldn't put in any other show, send them over to us. We'll make the main characters in this thing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because there's such a wide variety because they're trying to fill out an entire world. Yeah. They're trying to fill out an entire world. And in, in many cases, I will say this, some of the characters that we saw tonight, uh, especially LB and sort of those like small fuzzy creatures that they're mm. exposed to very early on, those are actually in the live action. And I want to also- Oh, really? Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they are like puppets. They have like little puppets and creatures and stuff like that that are in there. And so those already existed outside of this cartoon. And I want to venture to say that they probably existed in the actual uh, book and tapes as well. Mm, and so I okay. think that everything kind of was inspired and pulled, as we mentioned, from that book and tape. And then they thought to themselves, like, oh, fuck, we got to make more crap than this? Like, <laughs> Damn it. Oh, back to the drawing board. Like, and to your point, I think it's like, let's let's dig into the back of that notebook and see what other crap you have. Yeah. And I think the kind of going back to the, those characters, the there was one line in it where the um, uh, LB and is towing the bad guy. I forget the guy's name. Twig. Uh, yeah, uh, Twig. Uh, he always calls Twink, which we'll get to that later. But, uh, oh boy, yeah, that's uh, very. That's very... Twi- he's pulling Twig through, and they run into him. At Eddie goes, Eddie goes, a flock of. I thought he said fucks. <laughs> I it <thought he> <laughs> did sound like fucks. I thought that as well. Of, a flock of fucks. <laughs> flock of fucks. <laughs> then you find out later. No, he said fobs. Those were called fobs. fobs those little, those little, little bouncing creatures. Yeah. Slightly yeah. worse. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, I, I had to go back because the way he said a flock of fucks was I thought he said, what the fuck? <laughs> Which would have been better. I would have appreciated so, that. Candidly, uh, at work, I have I, I have a door I can close that is fairly sound, makes up my office fairly soundproof and all I have right, two monitors. Right, right. Bragging, bragging, bragging. Yeah, I'm a fucking king. Um, <laughs> so I was watching this at work. Be, you know, I'm the classic uh, Onion article of guy with two screens totally not dicking around. Uh, I most certainly am on my other screen. So uh, I was just watching this at work, but also like, oh, my God. I So I heard that line, Tony, and then I was like, you know what? My life is, I don't want to waste any time going back to make sure that I heard that correctly. I'm just going to let it ride and context will fill me in later on. <laughs> I, I did hit rewind, but I earned it. I earned that back uh, by by uh, skipping through the theme song. The oh, there you go. Oh, there you go. That's, That's how I, you make up I for time. Took up no extra time in my life. <laughs> you gotta. You have to play the theme song at like double time. So he's like, "Come dream with me tonight." <laughs> that might actually be at a normal cadence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everybody to to your point wouldn't sound like they. Uh, they oh my just... god, they all sounded like they were so medicated. <laughs> I mean, we're getting a little bit further in here, but and then even I watched the live action commercial for the toy and the premises. It's like a kid doing show and tell to like it looks like first graders, and they're all so bored because school is so boring, right, guys? And then puts on the Teddy Ruxpin, and all the children are like filled with wonder. But even still. They're all speaking so slowly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Kids, ah, kids are stupid. A child of the go-go 90s, but... <laughs> they they hadn't gotten to the point where they were like, oh, wait, we can just show them the same thing again and Teletubby the hell out of this thing. Yep. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't need to pay all these stupid kids. Uh, <laughs> we, we did have some interesting recycled animation in the second episode that we've watched tonight. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, Charlie, any thoughts on animation? Um, I mean, it just seemed very poor quality, you know, this seemed like, I mean, so I think, you know, like this 
to me, it seems like it was clearly done in some foreign country where they sent them the storyboards and it was cheaper to do. Yeah, that Canada, way. as I mentioned, American Canadian. Ah, uh, okay. Which, if you know anything about this show and our history, anytime somebody's like, this is a Canadian cartoon, I have cause for alarm. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. So it just seemed like sort of ragged and dull. I mean, I think overall, it's just like, I don't understand the emotional attachment to the show because it just seems like a passionless toy commercial. Yeah. Both mm. episodes, more or less. Wow. It's not even uh, a good toy commercial. Like, I'm not. No, I'm not, like G.I. Joe or something or Transformers. I mean, give me that. Well, any day. I mean, you know, and I, I will make the distinction here that we have, you know, we have two. You have three IPs that you've mentioned there, and I want to. I'm going to group two of those into sort of that action adventure. That's true. And it's not case, an apples to apples comparison. It's not. And so in this case, this is more adventure focused, but it's it's. I want to throw on like it's very wholesome. So maybe like a Muppet Babies would be. Uh, I think a Muppet Babies. Well, an episode I previously appeared on. Go back and download it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so I I want to say for animation, you know, the interesting thing is that uh, there are. I, I drew a lot of parallels to Filmation. Now, we watched Filmation last month uh, during the month of July for He-Man and She-Ra. And so Filmation is notoriously cheap for a lot of the things that they do. And so I felt like there were a lot of moments where they were missing essential keyframes or this was under the the necessary like frames per second that your eyes would pick up because there's a uh. lot of jank animation. Um, there's also a lot of moments where people's voice acting is not syncing up with any of the lips <laughs> and that's they didn't going on. care enough to try to make it better and well you know and the way that they tried to go around it in the couple episodes that we've watched as well as also in the live show that they had too was that what they would do is they would pan away from the character and so they would try to show shots from like a like a reverse angle yeah ah, i so see they would show so you somebody, didn't see their lips moving they would kind of show somebody reacting or like the back of somebody's head yeah you know, that was reading something. So you could kind of see the movement of what looked like or was perceived as their voice or their jaw moving and syncing gotcha. up with stuff. But Teddy Ruxpin, even as you look in the final, uh, the intro, right after the theme song, there's like a long sweeping vista that they have where they're like, hey, we're on an adventure and this is what we're doing. And, yeah. and Grubby is already bitching about his fucking <laughs> feet arms. At now that you mentioned farms. that. And so they, they have all these moments where there's these things that are there where they, they will try to focus as much as possible on the scenery and things that are away, as well as they also do this other trick shot where they'll put the person who's talking in the background and the back of somebody's head very high up in the foreground. And they did this a couple times on the airship where they would try to show perspective, yeah. where gimmick would be down below and he'd be like, hey, everybody, I fucked up science. <laughs> and, and the rest of the... And the rest of the gang would just be kind of reacting, but because he's so small, they're not going to animate all the oh, tiny little parts that right. are in there. And so it's it's interesting to see them try to do a lot of this stuff where they are, are getting away from it relatively successfully. But for anybody who's watching this, and, and the challenging thing is that you know we're, we're looking at this on YouTube. And so in my brain, with one of these episodes, I was like, I think maybe it's just the YouTube quality. So I sought out another copy of it on YouTube and Daily Motion. Nope, same bad quality. So like <laughs> I I, I want to say maybe it was the translation from VHS to internet that kind of did it, but I don't know, gang. Tony. So you'll the audience will learn this later in my in the plugs, but uh, I'm a student <laughs> at the Harold Ramis Film School and so one of the things we just covered recently we were talking about in uh episodic in order for 
uh, television series to uh, continue to get royalty fees for replays of syndicated shows, they have to tweak them in some way. Uh, and they have to be a certain percentage difference from from the uh, original version that they were running to this new updated version in order for them to continue to reap the royalty fees uh, coming in from uh, from those uh, replays of those episodes. So it is possible that some of those changes and edits and tweaks and th- stuff like that or, or you know, m- words that didn't quite line up or something like that could have been them just saying, fuck it, let's cut some stuff out. And just deal <laughs> deal with the audio not being perfect, like doing it as cheaply and quickly as possible. Oh, they that's did notice the, the actual runtime for this was like twenty one minutes, and and I'm like, I know cartoon sh- shows are normally shorter because they air more commercials for toys and stuff like that in between them uh, than than an average series. An average series is usually going to run like twenty four, twenty three, twenty four minutes. So like at under twenty two, this was yeah. short. Cartoons but, are usually yeah. anywhere from like twenty one to I want to say twenty three and a half. Okay, yeah, and so, but, but I kind of wondered how much of that was, uh, you know, just retrimmed or adjusted in order to be able to meet that standard for, uh, for, uh, for replay. Um, yeah, I don't know how to how to look that sort of thing up because you'd have to you'd have to compare like the original uh, live aired version of of these to whatever version is available online. Oh, does that um, mean yeah. we'd have to travel back in time to watch the original broadcast of no Teddy thanks. Ruxman? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that kind of time. <laughs> My iPhone doesn't have signal. What do I do? <laughs> oh, no. I'm an Android guy, Tony, uh, but same deal. <laughs> I just, uh, just to give some context to everybody listening, uh, the contemporaries that we had that were around this time that I would kind of compare this to would be Wuzzles, Care Bears, and Muppet Babies, as you had mentioned. Okay. And then to give you some additional context, uh, other cartoons that had were were out in and around this time, we also had DuckTales and Thundercats. Oh my and God, so way better. It's, it's, it's crazy to think that the quality of animation could be, again, so apples to oranges as yeah. we, we've seen. And I want to say also as like a present day comparison, I think that Teddy Ruxpin looks a lot like one of the characters, as we've kind of alluded to earlier in the episode, one of the Five Nights at Freddy's characters. Oh my like, god! He, yeah. In some cases, I remember the toy being kind of very accessible, but he looks fucking terrifying in some of this, and his his eye reactions and and how he he moves it it. I don't know. I for an anthropomorphic bear like this, it just it was it was frightening. It was a little bit creepy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. But we're kind of talking about some of these characters, so I think it's time that we transition over. So. We oh, had a boy. Couple, oh boy! Oh <laughs> boy! We had a we had a couple characters, and I we're gonna talk a little bit more about them in the plot, which I'm dying to get to. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I want to ask uh, Tony: Was there a favorite character just to level set with everybody for characters? We obviously mm-hmm. had Teddy, we had Grubby, we had Gimmick, Newton Gimmick, we had Tweeg, and we had LB, which means mm-hmm. lead bounder. That's what uh, LB what? stood for. Because that was his oh, motion joy. of transportation was like he bounded, which is like that kind of hopping motion. Oh. Remember in Mario Odyssey when you have to take over that one like Eskimo bear oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you have to bound and it's like press B to bound and it's a frustrating part of the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's that's the mode of transportation. <laughs> I only look at Charlie because he he gave me Super Mario Odyssey. So I play and I am hell playing yeah. the hell out of it right now. It's amazing. I just think about uh, Broforce. That's my uh that's my one for bounding. Oh yeah, also good. <laughs> oh, amazing game. So and then we have one final real character that's kind of in here, uh, that's a wood sprite uh named uh Lee Ota. 
Mm-hmm. And so those are really kind of the characters that we have. And so Tony, was there a favorite character kind of out of this group that you were like, that's who I want to learn more about? I felt like it was the one who lived up to his name the most, which was Gimmick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like Damn, Robert this. McGuffin. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you have this show that that is just entirely made up of uh, of like you know, an, like animal characters or or creatures, and then this random old white dude that's just kind of kind of plodding around uh, and doing doing science, and he's just he exists as a gimmick, as a reason to like he's he's the closest, uh, not a Deus Ex Machina, but he, I mean, like he's the one that drives the whole plot forward. Uh, I mean, and, he kind of is Mr. Deus Ex Machina. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. But he exi- he is he is such a gimmick. He is he does not belong in that world. I don't understand it. So uh, that's why he's my favorite. <laughs> it's weird because his name is Newton Deus Ex Machina gimmick. It's oh, <laughs> see, McGuffin I missed the Jr. middle name. So it, it's very it's <laughs> the very it's the fourth. It's a very interesting name. <laughs> oh my god. So we so that's great. So I, I I kind of I really agree with you, Tony. So about gimmick. Any particular character, Charlie, that you're like, this is the person who is interesting to me in all of this? I mean, I think, so I think I was saying to you guys before we started, I mean, Grubby is fascinating only because he keeps playing, or they kept writing this terrible bit about his hands being feet or whatever, which is not funny, nor do I think (laughs) children would understand it. He sounds possibly the most medicated vocally. (laughs) And... He's just an ugly worm, man. I mean, why you would know. you say that, Charlie? <laughs> and oh, the other thing is that I was saying to Sean, he's like Eeyore, but no charm. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's a no like, charm Eeyore. <laughs> he just has clinical depression, but he's not trying to get it treated. I oh. so I, as as a as a part of this, and I, I agree with both of you about both of these characters, and I think that these are probably some of the more interesting characters in this. I kind of want to transition then into the plot along the lines of our, our grubby character that we've talked about. And because I want to ask the question and kind of start our conversation about the episodes uh, that we watched uh, for tonight, which if you are, if you're playing along at home, God bless you. <laughs> you're one of the nine people who rated it highly on IMDb. Yeah. Good for you. <laughs> we, for, uh, for tonight's episode, we watched a season one, episode one, which is called the treasure of Grundo. And we also watched season one, episode five, which is Escape from the Treacherous Mountain, which is the highest rated episode according to IMDb with a 7.8. And so talking about the the grubby character and also talking, including in our titular character, Teddy Ruxman, I want to ask the question, based on Grubby's reaction to Teddy almost all the time, consistently, was their relationship a healthy relationship? I actually kind of really feel that it was sort of a toxic relationship because there are moments where Grubby is saying to him, I don't really want to do this. And Teddy's like, you just have to have a positive attitude about it. And then he's like, you're going you're gonna to fucking do it. You're going to do what I say. And the entire time yeah. Grubby's like, I don't know that I'm really on board with this. Also, I hate adventure. I'm waiting for him at moments to break and just be like, I also hate you, and I hate bears, <laughs> and I hate that he, you brought me on this fucking trip. He did have that. He did have that. I, I I should have told you this earlier. I hate adventures. Like he actually used the word hate, which is yeah. which is odd for for a like a pretty strong language. Like the, yeah. Now it said it said like in the middle of like a a crazy like things about to crash. I should have told you. I hate adventures, but I, and, 
And, and to your point, the actual line that he says, because I wrote all these down because these are amazing. He goes, there's a little secret that I have to let you in on. And, and Teddy just goes, what's that? And this is as an airship is crashing. <laughs> yeah. You know, he goes, I hate adventures. And you're like, oh. <laughs> which, which I'll say this, you know, consistently it maps up to what they're saying originally. He goes, sounds like fun if you're into that sort of thing, which I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, holy shit, buddy. Like, I, I, I have to almost wonder why he's there. Like, at what point well, does Teddy Ruxman realize slave. that no means no? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is a toxic relationship. I, 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 and I, I'm not trying to make this out because, I mean, you know what? Ultimately, these guys seem like they are having a good time and they are enjoying themselves. They're two consenting adults, <laughs> I guess. A bear and a bug. And they're just trying to broker relationships between the species. <laughs> you know? Oh. And I, I, I'm, I'm fine with that. And I think that that's good. And, you know, and, and let's be honest, you know, Teddy Ruxpin as the toy is interesting. I, I think that there was a grubby toy as well. Yeah. There uh, was. That they had too. wonder how well that sold. <laughs> Not very well. Cause it's he seemed to be, seemed to be again, a yeah. charmless fucking Eeyore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You would just come up in the aisle and he'd be like, don't buy me, move along. <laughs> hey, you know what I hate? Being in this toy store. You, you know should you, burn it all down. You know what you could do? For the insurance money. The only time Grubby moved fast was off of toy shelves. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I just, it, it's crazy to think that these are two friends out on an adventure and Grubby is is essentially telling him, no, I don't want to go on this. And the entire time, Teddy Ruxpin's like, you'll fucking do it. Too now, bad. Now flip it over to cassette B to see what else happens to you, <laughs> dumbass. Yeah, to see what else happens, bitch. <laughs> Teddy, I can't find your stop button. <laughs> He's like, I don't have a stop button. There isn't one. You're like, ooh, settle Damn. down. Damn. I've only found the button for one half X. <laughs> <laughs> Still better than whatever speed they're talking at. The show. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's it's interesting to think that you know, I, I, I'll say this, and I want to kind of pitch this out to you guys: is like what I, I don't feel that this is in many cases uh, a good relationship for either of them to have. I feel like it is kind of toxic, and I feel like Grubby just continues to complain. But again, it's sort of that Eeyore effect where there's always somebody who is, I guess, trying to be the voice of reason, but at the same time, it just comes off tonally as him complaining. And I, I wish, and, and watching this, all I want is for Grubby to be happy. Like if he's on board with this adventure, get on board with this adventure, buddy. Like this yeah. is your life, live it up. But the entire time he's like, I don't want to do this. Shit, now I'm doing this. And you're like, you could walk away on those six legs, two arms at any point in time that you want to. And so I, I, I want to kind of open this up and say, what questions do you guys have from this first episode, from this pilot episode, uh, you know, Adventures in Grundo? <laughs> <laughs> that that we had is there anything that felt unresolved because i i think in many cases we talked about this like this episode is pretty linear and straightforward but there's there's a lot to unpack i i want to unpack the random science lessons that come uh in this. yeah there's there's a moment where you're staring over gimmick shoulder at a at a diagram explaining basic thermodynamics for for like an airship and how an airship works and it's literally just a still frame looking over his shoulder and it's like fire balloon balloon go up like that's that's all you're looking at and then then they come then they come later to uh with, when it's flying and they can't get it to to fly in the direction that they want uh they come across the wood sprite uh uh leota and she she says uh 
Um, she says, wait, I, got, I wrote the line down. I have to have this exactly right. Uh, she says, you do understand the basic principles of aerodynamics, right? <laughs> this is meant for like six-year-old kids. I'm like, they can't even fucking say aerodynamics. <laughs> I, I also love this fact that this wood sprite, Leota, is, uh, or she gets challenged on this. Like, she flies up to them because they land in a tree. Yeah. And and she she looks at all three of them and is like, what the fuck are you guys doing in this tree? <laughs> what the hell is going on here? And they're like, don't lecture, and Gimmick is like, don't lecture me about what flying is. I'll figure it out. I'm an old white man. Shut up, woman. Yeah, and it is yeah. it is very demeaning because she then she then is challenged, and she's like, don't talk to me about flying, and then flies in a circle and come back, and he's like, okay, professor. And that, to me, was even more fucking condescending. <laughs> That's incredibly condescending. Than anything else, he'd be like, okay, you dumb bitch. Like, it was like, <laughs> yeah. holy fucking shit. Like, this is so rude. Well, and then further toxic, as we were talking about earlier, where... Uh, he compliments her, and then she's like, "Oh well." Yeah, like, Teddy. In in context, Teddy Ruxpin. He's like, "You're so pretty," and she's like, "Wait, hold up a minute. What'd you say?" Sorry, skirt. <laughs> hey yo, uh, Newton. Once you get the hell off this airship, <laughs> if it's rocking, don't come back. <laughs> and Grubby's like, "I can't see out of my. I can't see anymore." And they're like, "Well, your feet are on your eyes." Oh. <laughs> He's like, feet "Oh, also, you've been drinking turpentine, and you're blind now." <laughs> it's like it was a feeble attempt to just end it all. Oh no. <laughs> but yeah, so when this moment happened, Tony, the the physics lesson, uh, which one? My, well, <laughs> overall, I was yeah, just right. like, "Oh God, is this having no context for these?" I was like, "Oh, is this like a weird?" thing where every episode is going to have some sort of bizarre science lesson in it. And I'm glad I thought I mean, the same thing. I, I was, I thought the same thing. I was like, Oh, how are they just going to bury like a random, like a lesson of some sort in every single one of these like episodes? Episode two fulcrums. Yeah. <laughs> or, or like pulleys. <laughs> episode three with gimmicks, simple machines. Right. <laughs> yeah. Episode four, a- DNA mapping. <laughs> <laughs> Episode five, CRISPR yeah. and gene editing. He's like, like, hey, uh, Teddy, what's with the new arm growing out of your back? Oh, it's a long story that I'm going to tell at a slow pace. Right, and then it's just like, do, 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 do. Episode Flip seven, my body over to side theory. C. <laughs> You're like, tapes don't have side Cs, Teddy's like, oh, I do now. He's like, oh. hey, go fuck yourself. <laughs> God damn, I'm a man. mutant bear. Yeah. Oh man, I, yeah. I, I again, I, I think I I, I want to say this because it is the '80s, uh, and because these conversations weren't sort of out there. I, I want to say that it felt, and I'm I'm gonna go on the record saying that uh, with a hundred percent certainty, I feel like a lot of this dialogue was written by, uh, and I say this in air quotes, straight white men. Yes, um, and, yeah. And, and, <laughs> It's challenging because, you know, a lot of it in many cases feels toxic between the characters. Like they are pulling other people along on shit that they don't want to go on or they're condescending to other people or they're giving really bad half-assed science lessons. Sort of like when your dad's like, well, let me explain to you about how an AC unit works. And you're like, (laughs) yeah. You don't fucking know, right? You're so not you an know. electrician, dude. Yeah, what are you? What are you? What are you aware of here? Like <laughs> nothing. Just pay somebody else to fix it. You're gonna be fine. Like yeah. nobody's doubting your masculinity in this, right? But I, I feel like this. I feel like especially for gimmick, 
the entire time it was like him just trying to prove his worth. It's like, you're the only inventor here. Nobody's challenging you on that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, <sighs> except for the wood sprite. Right. The only right. intelligent character who he just shouts down. Well, well you know, so we, we, we've talked about sort of the, the bad relationship between some of these main good guy characters. But then I want to throw out the question, is Teague really, or LB, is Teague or LB really a villain in this whole show? Are they, are they actually villains? Like, are they really bad? They don't seem that way. I think it's just the tone of voice. But really, it just is like they're, they're just different. If, if I mean, either I, of them is a villain, they're extremely self-aware that they are a villain. Because in the second episode, it's not, not so much in the first one, in the second episode, they actually say, all those years of lying and treachery have, have finally paid off, you know. Oh, and, yeah, and yeah. So they have that line. And, and the, isn't the, the name of the group is is uh, Monsters, was it Monsters and Villains? Uh, what was it? It was Mavo or something like that? Yeah, Monster, uh, Mo, Monster and Mo, Monsters and Villains Organization or something. Yeah, like yeah. it's 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 oddly self-aware, which means that that neither of the characters are actually really doing anything to earn those those names uh, necessarily, or the, those those labels or or anything like that. I always, anytime a character is just purely evil, now I'm I'm paying more attention to it compared to if they have some sort of reasoning. Like everybody's a hero in their own story. Like even villains are technically supposed to be like heroes in their own story, in their own right. mind, they're 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 the good guy. This is not the case. Like this was Gargamel <laughs> as a lizard. That's that's what this character was. Looked like it yep. and acted like it. Uh, yeah. Now that you say that, uh, I can see that completely. Yeah. And uh, and when LB was whatever Azrael the cat was. Yeah, exactly. Uh, during that time, yeah, <laughs> which is funny because LB is sort of like a reddish color, which is what Azrael was too. So yeah, I mean, I, I I see your point. It's like they straight bit off of that Smurf style. <laughs> yeah, and we're like, we're just gonna we're just gonna copy paste, and then we're just gonna MS Paint tweak these guys, <laughs> tweak these guys a little bit, and and kind of make them fit into the context of the show. And so bad guys look well, like monks. That's what you need to. <laughs> Yep. Uh, Dress them up. They also have a, a small air force of early 1900s airplane. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That, there's, Those there's are flying machines. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's funny, too, because this sort of uh, goes along the lines of, like, the color, the villain color theory of, like, you will typically see villains that are sort of in, like, a darker, uh, towards the end of the visible spectrum. And so, like, his, his robe is kind of like that purplish yep. uh, yeah. kind of color with, like, red accent. He's got green, uh, which isn't terrible because typically, you know, like a like a Skeletor that's purple or or other villains that we've seen that will be in that like blue or purple tone uh, to kind of indicate visually that they're they're bad for some reason. Um, you you still get a little bit of that in this, so it, it's kind of it's not straying far from the mark of what we've seen with other characters and even you know characters that we've seen in Gummy Bears. Uh, with like some of the uh, the main bads that they had that were were in that show were kind of like in in purple uh, and blue uh, kind of uh, was it like battle fatigues and stuff like that as well and so it's it's interesting to sort of see how this translates even with some of the contemporaries that we had during this time that that was sort yeah. of a thing that everybody was like yo so we agreed like blue and purple are like bad guy colors right? <laughs> that's what we're doing you know but it, it's interesting because you're you're greeted with Twig. And he's firing a cannon at Newton, but like he's doing a real poor job of it. Yeah, he, he's reluctant. Yeah, I, and I, I guess 
to the credit of this show, the thing that's interesting to me is I want to know almost what that defining moment was between Tweeg and Gimmick that sort of set Tweeg on that path of firing that cannon. Like, what has Newton done, Newton Gimmick done, that was so terrible where somebody is like, you know what, I'm just going to fire a cannon randomly at you. Like, was <laughs> yeah. there a, a failed business venture? Did he end up hurting t- uh, Tweeg? Yeah, he chemically castrated. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus it's the genophage like in uh, Mass Effect. Oh, my God. They, they can't reproduce. <laughs> oh, boy. Did not expect that coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Any any final questions that we should get answered about this this first episode? Uh, not about the first episode. <laughs> yeah, not right. on the first. Well, it sounds like it sounds like you guys have some questions about the second. And so, Tony, what's your question? Yes, I want to understand the so the, the one thing it's actually kind of across both episodes, but especially in the second episode, sound design in this show <laughs> is is bizarre. Like I, 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 the airplanes, like they they obviously have access to sound libraries that actually sound like the things they're supposed to because they have. Wilhelm scream at one point in time they've got you know they've, they've got the uh, crash sounds and sword sounds and all that stuff but there's there are just some sound choices that are extremely odd and in that second one they've got those little um i forget the name of the the, the creatures that that they're uh wear, that wear the masks but they've got a they've got a horde of them coming after them and let me recreate the sound effect that was used for an entire horde of them coming at them at once okay that was it. <laughs> yeah. It's like amazing one set of, fully work. One yeah, set of keys <laughs> slightly jostled was what they used for the sound effect for those. Now add to that the sound of the aircraft, which sounded like I wrote this down. I said it sounds like feverish masturbation. Because <laughs> <laughs> it it's just like a just sped up extremely fast. And it's it's nothing like any aircraft that I've ever heard before. Although when they when they when oh, they yeah, dive the bomb, they get the yeah, they get all the normal sound effects for those, but there's just some choices that make no sense in this show, and it bothered the crap out of me. <laughs> you you've never ridden on a on like one of those like seven forty fappers? <laughs> I haven't had the privilege. Yeah, you got it. Those you tickets gotta. are really expensive. <laughs> yeah, treat yourself. <laughs> but did you notice that the propeller sounds like it was it was either that or yeah. it was like a yeah like. It was like the impression like a lawnmower. It was a it yeah. was a kid blowing raspberries or sort of like what the sound that everybody would make like when they're trying to impersonate uh like a traffic copter and they're yeah. just like <laughs> <laughs> Like did that work? Did that work? Did we get it? Do we just are we just copy and pasting it? And the guy in the booth again is like, sure, whatever. Yeah, I just dude. wanna go on. Oh, Please get the fuck out of here. It was so half assed. That uh, was that was my biggest gripe in that in that second episode and really throughout everything kind of looking back on it but <laughs> well kind of going along the same lines as half-assed and again i was look, watching this on my second screen because i do want to say candidly yesterday i tried to watch these i was very hungover so then i self-medicated <laughs> with a little marijuana thinking that might help and then i like minute and a half in basically just past the theme song of episode one i was like no this is like this is not helping my hangover. This is like just accelerating it, so I had to stop. <laughs> Approached it with fresh eyes today, but I was also fielding some emails in the meantime. So perhaps I missed something. <laughs> but I love episode, how personal this review has gotten for you. <laughs> I want every, you know, 
<laughs> I want the listeners to correct connect with me, but don't at me. <laughs> Hashtag 420. Um, and uh, it was a tincture, just in case anybody's curious. Um, so, <laughs> so today, not stoned to the bone. Um, I, I'm watching these again at work. And so... It's so exciting because they finally get to the treasure and all the components are like friendship and I don't remember the rest. Yeah. But it seemed like that was very quickly glossed over. Like that should have been the focus of the episode. And then the one like fucking disappears later. Yeah. What is this? Yeah. And, and, and so what we're talking about is that they're the, the treasures of Grundo. So there are multiple There's different pieces. Six, right? Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, uh, the, the little six. diamonds that are on that wheel. Yeah, right. That they all just have to. Then they cut themselves and drain their blood into. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Consecrate the treasure. So to your point, Charlie, there are seven crystals of Grundo. Oh, okay. And so they are imagination, honesty, trust, bravery, friendship, freedom, and then the seventh one is interesting. It's called the black box. J.J. Uh, Abrams probably watched this and came up with his whole uh, movie writing idea. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we saw the seventh one. I think we saw the other six because I yeah, remember. Yeah. I remember the the because there were five of them that actually took those little those little things, and so each of them picked one up and read it for for its individual name for what it was. And I thought, oh, this is going to be like some sort of like uh, um, uh, 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 Captain Planet scenario where each of them is picking up like their personal power because like Teddy right. Ruxpin picks up friendship and it's like oh okay well, but then, and then it gets to the last one and they don't have a sixth character for the sixth thing so they all just go freedom <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I might just, as well have just been like America or Sean, hegemony you'll, you'll appreciate this since you had to do it for one of our short films uh, for, for fair trade but I just had a Braveheart uh, image in my, in my head of, <laughs> at that moment of you just slapping blue paint down one side of your face. <laughs> and then running running down a D.C. street with an axe. Yeah, a toy axe in my hand. <laughs> Yikes. Now, so uh, to, to give you some perspective about this, it turns out that uh, with the six crystals, uh, there's a character that we didn't see. His name is Queller. And he is the supreme oppressor of MAVO which is sounding more and more like a boy band every time I say it. Yeah, although Supreme Oppressor <laughs> yeah, is getting real KKK for my taste. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> On tour, supporting 98 Degrees. <laughs> oh, boy. Coming to a state fair near you. <laughs> so, uh, Gotta pay the bills. <laughs> They'd be lucky for a state fair. Yeah, man. Jesus. So it turns out that Queller, he is the Supreme Oppressor of Amavo, M-A-V-O, he has the seventh, and it's in the black box, which is what they call it. And it has the ability to be able to restore or erase a memory. And so these are some parts that we didn't really get a chance to, to dig into. So wait, uh, I have really a see. follow-up question then. Yeah, yeah, Does yeah. it turn out that Teddy Ruxpin has actually been on this adventure 14 times? No, is, I mean, is this the first Groundhog Day? <laughs> yeah. I mean, possibly. I mean, you know, you have to realize that they, they, they put all these things in place and we learn about it very early on, but there are 65 episodes oh my God, of this why? series. Like, it, it made cartoon syndication number. Wow. Yeah. You know, which is crazy to think that that was you know possible that they did it i mean i I have to think at some point they were just like stretching shit real thin (laughs) yeah you know because like the first seasons we're doing like archer seasons (laughs) well like i don't know man they're in fucking space this season whatever yeah 
I mean, the first season's 35 episodes, and then season two just kind of makes up the the rest, the the final 30. And so it, it's it's interesting to see that like they had all of this stuff available, and they created this lore around this land, this this Grundo, uh, which just let's be honest, it just sounds weirdly sexual. It sounds like Grundle. Every <laughs> Does time sound I like Grundle. It. I hear Grundle every time in the back of my head when I say it. So there I'm are very some hard time. weirdly sexual things throughout all of this show. Oh, yeah, what's uh, up? Just. Uh, what, you, oh, what, you, what you got going on, Tony? My, the last one was was I don't even remember the name of the two like the little prince and princess characters that uh, that show up for the for the. Well, they were brother and sister. Okay, well that that would be prince and princess. Noise. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's still allowed. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Why Charlie? did you assume? <laughs> I say yeah, they were brother and sister. And Charlie just goes noise. noise. Hey, you know Game <laughs> of Thrones, <laughs> man. Uh, but not no, in like, Grundo. Yeah. But Game he, of Grundo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you noticed this, but like, like they're whole, they're like hugging each other, and they look out over it's it's home, and he just looks out over the horizon and winks at the horizon, not at anybody, Ew. not at the camera. I don't <laughs> like that. Wink, yeah. Winks at the horizon, and I don't know what that was about. <laughs> they they also had a moment where one of the uh, one of the the little creatures gets kicked out of their flying machine uh in in the episode and like by the the big um what's the monster's name that was like their friend the uh, woolly the, the, uh was he woolly was it or what's it or something like that yeah Wooly, uh, whatsapp yeah whatsapp what? it's, it was, <laughs> it was thrown out by the app whatsapp. i can text my friends in egypt <laughs> but it, it just picks this little character up and throws about it and you see he's got polka dot like underwear on underneath his, Ooh, his little kilt thing uh it's like they apparently just the animators decided we need to explain this. So there's just some oddly sexual things uh, throughout. <laughs> I don't know. The I, there there was an undertone. Well, uh, Tony was originally a dick and balls, but then for syndication they added the poke. They added the those. Yeah, that was part of the percentage difference so that they could get paid <laughs> yes. extra for the oh exactly. syndication run. Uh, weirdly enough, the woolly what's it is uh, he is uh, he's not very bright, but he's super helpful and very loyal to them. He's later revealed to them be a Snowzo, which is like a legendary Yeti type character that they have that's in the world of Grundo. Grundle. And he falls off like <laughs> falls off a uh, Wiley Coyote style cliff and survives. <laughs> like, yeah. it's gonna take a little more than falling off a mountain to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to jump from the moon back yeah. down to Grundo. <laughs> Everybody knows that for for a woolly what's it that only the moon can kill me. Everybody knows woolly what's it are nigh indestructible. Yeah. <laughs> this is the thing about my character. I'm just going to continue to directly tell you and never show you. And then he uh, winks. Guess who would win in a battle between me and the sun? Me. <laughs> Stop it. That's right. Settle I could fuck up your planet real quick. <laughs> so keep my name out your mouth. For these two episodes, any final questions before we get into some user reviews? Why, God, why? <laughs> okay. Well, hey, guess what? Everybody. Yeah, you. You listening right now. <laughs> oh, man. Turns out you have opinions, and you love to share them on the internet. Ooh. And so in order to honor and recap on some of these wonderful opinions, we're going to kick this over to longtime listener and friend of the show, Bobby Anthem, for this week's Love It or Hate It. Bobby, take it away. This week's Love It is titled Childhood Memories. From Guardian 7718 in January of 2004. It says, I can't believe that it is almost 20 years since the Teddy Ruxpin idea first surfaced. 
1986 to 1987 TV cartoon series was what got me hooked on the phenomenon. It is sad that it lasted only one year and new episodes never came to be to continue the adventures of the Iliop and his friends. It is very sure that Queller and Mavo would have continued their quest to stop Teddy from achieving the goal of getting the Seven Crystals back to the hard-to-find city. Also, I have to assume that Teddy's new quest was to find all the other Iliops in the world to unify against what could be the world's ultimate evil. The ancient writings are the clue to my assumption. Anyway, in a remote sense, the show may return to the TV and maybe be made into DVD. And the Hated is not really a Hated, but more of a challenge to anyone listening. It's titled The Adventures of Teddy Ruxpin by Coca-Cola 18 in June of 2003. And it says, Apart from the cartoon itself, I certainly remember the talking doll of Teddy Ruxpin that probably said all those usual one-liners. Good work, you're my friend, etc. But anyway, Teddy Ruxpin, Newton Gimmick, and Grubby the Octopede find these ancient crystals thingies and try and learn what they are. They fly around in an airship, who doesn't, going around the land of Grundo. The bad guys in this tune was the Mavo, Monsters and Villains Organization. Remember now? And I can't believe that with all of the critical analysis that we've had, nobody's been able to put that up on YouTube and kind of echo the ideas that we've had today on this show. Yeah, that's what makes this content so unique, Sean. <laughs> I can't oh believe God. I can't believe they haven't relaunched this series uh, with with such positive and cast Bobby Anthem as Grubby. Oh my! <laughs> I don't want I don't want Bobby Anthem as Grubby. I want Bobby Anthem. I want Bobby Ruxpin. Bobby Ruxpin. <laughs> I want Bobby Ruxpin again, that has a guys. Nice ring it's, to it. It's got a nice ring to it, and it's part of our 2018 campaign. Get. Bobby animated. If yeah. you want to send us a picture of Bobby Ruxpin, I will send you a mess of stickers for Saturday morning cartoons. <laughs> that is a guarantee. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, I will e- I will even try to draw one myself. I won't even try to Are you trying to do a Bobby Anthem right now? Am I trying to do a Bobby? No. I'm, I thought you okay. No, my my my, my uh, impression of a Bobby I can't even, I can't get that. I, I nobody can. That. That's why that's uh, why Bobby is so either, unique. No. <laughs> I can't do it. All right. So this is the point now where we're going to do our recommendations. And so you can recommend something and you can tell us why. You can also not recommend something and give us your justification. If you don't recommend something, you can also additionally give it the dip. And if you give it the dip, that means on this show, you Roger Rabbit style, don't get in the dip tank. And it's erased from the annals of cartoon history. And so if you know anything about Charlie... He loves to use the dip on this show. And it's I'm, a, I'm a liberal dipper. I actually packed a lip, so I dipped before. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's disgusting to me. Don't at me if you like dipped back. Hashtag 420. Hashtag 420, bro. What do you want to talk weed? Also, leave me alone. I would... I, I would... Uh, I'm not going to give this one the dip. I'm just going to say, <gasps> do not recommend. I, I'm, I'm going to pull back from, from dip. Because I don't think that this was horrendously offensive, and with the right age bracket, I think this this show is fine. It's it's unoffensive, uh, but as as somebody who watches cartoons, I will never fucking waste my time on this goddamn show ever again. Oh, strong words, 
That is my that is my take. Okay. All right. Charlie, how are you feeling about the adventures of Teddy Ruxman? You know, Sean, I'm not feeling great about it. Um, I feel like this was just cynically constructed by a committee and can, can sell out for C to sell toys, which I'm sure they were very successful in. But watching it, it just doesn't feel like any love and joy was made into it. And I think I would rather ride my motorcycle into a wall than watch it again. Oh, my God. So I'm going to give it the dip. You're going to dip it. Wow. Okay. Hashtag, hashtag hands are not feet. Hashtag 420. Yeah. yeah. Hey, think about how many blunts you can smoke. <laughs> oh you need to get a local dispensary to be a sponsor on this. That'd be dope. I'll read the ad copy. Oh, God. Well, I'm glad that you would enjoy it. I would not be able to. No, that's okay. So, but, know, you know, know, you need money for this show. <laughs> it's not free. Thanks, I see your setup Thanks, here. Dad. I think you're probably a couple thousand dead at least. It's a nice, nice rig. Uh, we are, we are doing, we're doing okay. Here. <laughs> Mel and I are deep in the red. <laughs> deep in the red for podcasts. So. I've given our finances the dip. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, for the adventures of Teddy Ruxpin. I am not going to recommend it, but I'm also not going to give it the dip. Uh, and I, I, I think to actually the both of your points as a combination, uh, I think that this in many cases is a joyless, lifeless cartoon uh, for sort of the, the writing and sort of the, the toxic nature. But I also agree with sort of Tony in the sense that for kids watching this, the kind of the wholesome nature, this is this is maybe like a step up from having a child watch paint dry on a wall. <laughs> like it's like, they're not going to get upset. They're not going to get any crazy ideas. Maybe, maybe they do some fun kind of like Crayola sketching on some things and like draw grubby and Teddy. But like, I, I think that this show is relatively accessible. There's nothing, there's no redeeming value in terms of uh, morals or, or any science related fact that gimmicks going to screw up at any point in time. Uh, but I also don't feel like this show is so super offensive. And I think because of the nostalgic anchor for specifically the toy, it's that alone is almost one of the main reasons that I'm not giving it the dip. So oh, with that being said, we are all over the board. We got Tony and I <laughs> not or, uh, not recommending this, but also not dipping it. And we got, we got Charlie not recommending this and liberally dipping this as much as possible. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I if I had the actual toy, you would have dunked it. I would have brought my own acid water, into your home, waterboarded it in acid. <laughs> yeah. During during this recording, I uh, I did a quick Google to see if I could find uh, some images of of these toys uh, out in the wild. And aren't they terrifying? One, found one that was missing an eye. That kind of want oh god, no. <laughs> I don't like that, Tony. So, well, thank you guys so much for being here. Tony, Charlie, thank you guys so much for joining thank me you. on this adventure into the world of Grondo, into the land of Grondo. Uh, and <laughs> oh, God. And every little bit of uh, aged, matted, losing an eye toy ability uh, that came along with it. It's and, like the replicants in Blade Runner. He's just like, we were built, but not to last. Oh, it's sad. It's very sad. <laughs> Oh man! So I I wanna uh, <laughs> mm. 
For everybody that's at home, uh, <laughs> it's just Tony showing Tony us shows pictures. Macabre images like, over the Google hack. Yeah. Gruesome images of Somebody of cut his head open to see what was inside. Yeah, it's just a tape recorder. Do, oh. do you bleed, Teddy Ruxpin? <laughs> Requiem for a bear. <laughs> Yikes. All right. Well, I want to thank you guys both so much for for coming on and joining me tonight for the uh, adventures of Teddy Ruxpin and our our twisted tale of uh, toxic relationships in the land of Grundo. So I wanted to also just check and see, uh, what are you guys happen to be promoting? What do you have that's coming up in the future? Tony, what and where can the people find you if they want to learn more about Tony Lazarus? Yes. Uh, as I mentioned before, I'm currently a student at the Harold Ramis Film School at uh, Second City in Chicago. Uh, and, uh, and as following along with that, um, with that process, just uh, getting to know the students that are around me, I went ahead and started my own podcast called the film student podcast. You can find us, uh, anywhere podcasts are downloaded. Uh, so if you want to check that out, you can also find me on, uh, at film student pod on both, uh, Twitter and, uh, and Instagram and feel free to, uh, to shoot me an email at filmstudentpod at gmail.com if you got any other questions or want to send me uh, animations of Charlie crossed with, uh, with any of these characters. Uh, I, would, <laughs> I, I, will, I will find some, some Harold Ramis stickers to send to you if, you if you send one of those to me. So we'll go That's ahead awesome. and put that bounty out there. And, uh, and definitely check out Tony's The Film Student Podcast. I think I'm on, the, I think I'm on episode 17 with Logan. Nice. Um, just tons of fun to to check out this show. I, I've I've really enjoyed it. So thank you, man. Much appreciated. Awesome, Charlie. Where can the good folks find what you're up to, or find you specifically, and then tag and then, you and, and then add me? One place where I would love it if you would <laughs> add me is on my Instagram, where I uh, upload my paintings uh, pretty much every day, and that's at c a visconage c a v i s c o n a g e. Uh, Tony's showing us more horrifying images, ruining my plug here. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I post Im images of my paintings every day. They're all original, pretty affordable. Um, and you know, trying to, trying to, trying to make that into a full-time gig someday. So you could help me along the way, folks. I've got my rumble. Yeah. You got my, image. your, your rumble, my rumble image from, uh, one of our early transformers that charlie came on it was your yeah. first episode it was um, um and so we've got uh we've got that framed over in the corner too yeah nice. um and you can also check out my work at visconage.com uh same as the other one v-i-s-c-o-n-a-g-e posting new stuff all the time um if you want to follow me on twitter i'm at sweaty in the city i made it before i was an artist so i am st I'm still sweaty though so it's pretty accurate um <laughs> And then finally, for my day job, uh, I do a podcast called Aging Unmasked, which very radically different is all about taboos and aging. We just released uh, part one of a series about LGBT older adults and how uh, different retirement communities are embracing them, uh, which again, totally different from all the other stuff. But I think it's pretty compelling listening if you want something with a more serious take to it. Um, highly recommend checking that out. It's on awesome. you know, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Uh, Stitcher everywhere. Very cool. Awesome. Hey, gang. I perform live improv comedy in Washington, D.C. with a group that's called Knox. That's N-O-X exclamation point. We perform with Washington Improv Theater. You can find tickets and times with dc.org. As well as you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at Sean Paul Ellis. Want to find out what Dave's up to? <laughs> you can find him on Twitter and make sure you at him for everything we told you not to at Charlie. At. <laughs> yeah, especially <laughs> hashtag 420, bro. Now you can find him on Twitter at Dr. Claw MD. 
And you can also find him on Collider. You can find him on DaveTrumbor.com, and you can also find him on Nerdist.com. You heard him on the show, our friend Bobby Anthem. You can hear him on his paranormal podcast, Inhuman Experience. You can find them on Twitter, I-E-X-P underscore podcast, and like them on Spreaker and SoundCloud. He's also the occasional third host on the THT Movie Podcast Review, which broadcasts every Saturday night at 1130 Eastern Time on Mixler. You can also find him on Twitter at Bobby Anthem. Send him a message. Show him some love. He's simply the best. As for this little show, oh my gosh, guys, do you really want to be the kindest human being in the world? Just go on Apple iTunes and just rate and recommend this show. I don't even care if you give us a bad recommendation at this point. If you just no, go- don't give the show the dip. The show <laughs> comes recommended. Yeah. Oh, yes, thank you, Charlie. Highly recommended. But, but if you guys want to, you can go on and you can recommend us on iTunes. I know everybody says that it actually really does help. Guys, it super helps out. Um, and just in terms of exposure. The other way you can do is you can also just message a friend and send them to any one of our social media outlets that we have, facebook.com slash Saturday Morning Cartoons. You can find us on the same exact Instagram account, at Saturday Morning Cartoons, and our Twitter is different because they won't let you have a handle that's long enough. So it's at Morning Tunes. Also, any single one of these social media places that I just mentioned has a link tree. What is link tree? You can click on link tree and you can see a bunch of different options of where to find us online, including the fact that we are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, Spotify, anywhere that fine podcasts are sold. And so you can find us there. You know, you can rate and you can also recommend and you can send us suggestions for cartoons that you might have. If you want to email us directly, SaturdayMorningCartoons at gmail.com. Gang, that's going to wrap up the adventures of Teddy Rockspin. I wanted to ask this question to go back to this wonderful theme song that we talked about. If I sing a line, can you guys echo and mirror it afterwards? Sure. Sure. You guys all hate that I'm making Tony, it. you have ex- expressed the same level of passion to the people who created this cartoon. <laughs> oh, oh Here joy. We go. That's Eeyore. <laughs> I, I, should, I should tell you right now, I have a secret. I hate singing. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I do this, Tony, here we go, man. Come dream with me tonight. Come dream with me tonight. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you in two weeks. Hey, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening to Saturday Morning Cartoons. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to transform and roll out.